I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created this space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Hello. Oh, it's so good to be back. I'm so happy to be recording again and doing interviews again a few weeks there of sickness and sleepless nights as we all do um, and I enjoyed taking the month of September off but I definitely felt like I needed to be doing something um, but I needed to take that little break of editing and everything else because we are going full throttle now for quite a long time into all these interviews and hopefully a few more bits and pieces Um if I got the time, but does anyone else feel that it was, well, obviously we had more time when I felt I had more time when I had um, newborn babies. And now I just feel like with appointments, a PHN appointments and various bits and pieces and dropping Oliver to play school and then feels like I have to collect him five minutes later, even though it's three hours. Um, it just feels like life has gone very busy and it's hard to catch up with friends and I feel like we're just sending each other voice notes left, right and centre. And even at that, the voice notes used to be replied to within a day. We're now five days, five days max or minimum, let's be honest. Um, so I'm excited to get back to doing what I love. And it's this podcast. And being honest, sometimes I find it really hard to gear myself up for doing the podcast. The day is really exhausting, as you all know. But the minute I see the other face... So my guest's face looking at me as I open my laptop, click into Zoom, I'm just ready to have that conversation. And um, a guest recently said to me, she's like, you didn't ask me many questions. So like, I was just sitting there listening to you share your story. She was she was bringing me through um, her life experience, basically, and I didn't have to do anything. She just did such an incredible job. And when that happens, I feel very lucky that someone is that comfortable that they can share their experience in such detail with not only me, but they're prepared to invite you into that area of their life, too. So anyway, I could I could um, go on for ages because I haven't done an introduction for so long. Um, but this week's episode I share my chat with Kathleen and Kathleen talks me through her two pregnancies. One was a single um, pregnancy and then she had twin girls. Both very different experiences. I will say that Kathleen's second birth experience was very traumatic. So if you are in a space where you don't want to listen to a birth that um it's hard to listen to and maybe this episode isn't, the rest of the episode isn't for you after we talk about her pregnancy. Um, but I will say Kathleen did avail of the services that the hospital had um, when it came to dealing with trauma and she felt them, she found them really helpful. So and it's brought her to a place where she could actually have a conversation about her experience today and with others. Um, and that was at, at about four months, three, four months, she decided to get help there. She also lodged a complaint. She wasn't happy with her response and she took it further. So I think it's a really good example of 
not only looking after yourself, but also like from an, an emotional point of view, but also by lodging that complaint, if you feel you have something to say, you have the resources to say it and to take it that little bit further if you're not happy with the response. So I'll go ahead and let you hear Kathleen's birth story. And I love the I love the way she speaks about her midwives in the first part of this episode when she gave birth to her son, which was a vaginal birth. And she did bump into her midwife um, later on. And it's a really nice moment. I think if when we do, if we've had a really positive experience where we bump into our midwives, it's like we've seen a celebrity. It's really nice. So I'll stop chatting and let you listen to this week's episode. Thank you, Kathleen, once again for sharing. So Kathleen, you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Thank you. Um, thank you for your patience. I know this conversation has been a long time coming with sickness and whatnot. It's been hard That's to pin okay. down a date. So do you want to start by giving us a little introduction to you and your lovely family and then we'll talk about your birth stories. Yeah, perfect. So I'm Kathleen um, from Dublin. Um, I have three little children, all under three. And um, they're all actually tur- turning, their birthdays start they're this week and next week so I have twin girls who are one um on Wednesday and then I have a little boy um who is going to be three the following week so um yeah busy week here in this house <laughs> yeah that's like it yeah. yeah so will we get stuck into your first birth experience yeah so where do I start um so uh me and my husband got married in it was like the end of 2018 and um we went straight on honeymoon to South Africa and very, very, very lucky and we got pregnant um literally straight away. <laughs> um and um very like very straightforward uh pregnancy and no like no complications or anything like that. It was um uh, very straightforward. Now I was very sick um for the first couple of months. Um just a lot of uh, morning, middle of the day, night time, any time of the day sickness. I don't know why they call it more than morning sickness. And um, so there's a lot of sickness. Uh, I found that hard because I was, I was work, trying to obviously work full time. Um, and actually was fine in the middle of the day, but um, quite sick in the morning and then go into work and then I'd come home and I'd be sick all evening. So it was just yeah first first couple of months was just sick and bed and then trying to work but I uh, got through that and managed to get on um that amazing medication it's called caravan and um, was reluctant to kind of take it at the start I don't like taking medication I just didn't know anything about it but once I got on that that um, just made everything so much easier that was like my lifesaver when I got on that um and yeah, like very kind of smooth pregnancy, nothing really of note. Um, uh, it, the baby, Charlie, <laughs> uh, he was measuring quite big from the start. Um, and that was something they were keeping an eye on. Um, and I think it was about, I was uh, offered the choice of an induction at 40 weeks. So on, on his due date, um, which I took. I don't know if it was kind of, I look back at it kind of in hindsight, was it a bit of, um, it was a little bit of scaremongering maybe about the size or mm. how big he was going to be. Um, but, you know, I, said, I don't know, you know, that end stage of pregnancy at the same time, I was like, just if you, you give me a date and I know he's going to come out, I was happy um, to go along with it. And I don't think you really know, like, what and like as much as you can learn about induction you don't really know what it means so it's kind of or what it you know what it's going to feel like or yeah so just on that then if we just take it back a little bit did you do any classes apart from the regular antenatal classes yeah. did you do any any preparation I suppose yeah so I did um gentle birth course okay. um and that was really really good found that excellent um and did a lot of like hypnobirthing um, in the lead up to it I really really like that I actually still I still even listen to it I, I don't know if you did it but yes the, mu- the music <laughs> is just I don't know I just love the music from that um so yeah I did a lot of that and tried to prepare I suppose as best I could um I'm someone who likes to prepare for everything <laughs> I like to know exactly what's going to happen how it's going to happen um and I think the thing that's one of the things I think with birth is you can plan as much as possible but there's I think anyway, there's an element of, you know, things change. You kind of just have to go yeah. go with the flow um a little bit. Um 
so yeah, I was introduced at, uh, on on the on his due date, and it was just a long, long um, induction. Like I think I was in for um, maybe two nights and two days. I think being induced on the um, prenatal ward or the induction ward. Um, and, you know, they tried, like, I think, gels a couple of times and uh, nothing was really uh, working. And then um, eventually they uh, broke my waters. And as soon as they broke the waters, then I was straight into the, <laughs> the throes of uh, uh, labour. Um, that was actually one of the hardest things of the whole labour, I found, was the breaking of the waters. Um uncomfortable yeah just really uncomfortable um and that whole that ward uh the midwife that was on that ward was just um not the <laughs> not the friendliest you know um anytime kind of uh she'd examine you or um it was kind of oh you have a long way to go or you know just kind of a little bit dismissive so um and just a, a lot, a lot of waiting around. They're obviously very, very short staffed. Um, and uh, so after they broke my waters, I was like full into um, labor and it was very, very like um, intense kind of surges um, as soon as that happened. Um, then I was uh, waiting on a bed in the delivery suite and there was none available. So I was labouring on the antenatal ward for most of the labour, um, which was tough, but I suppose it was pre-COVID. I did have my husband there, which just made a massive difference. Um, and at one point, I think it just got to the point where I was, you know, freaking out. How the hell am I going to do this if it's bad now? Um, but uh he just kept getting me to put my uh, gentle birth tracks on and <laughs> trying. Yeah, so was he on board and, with um, the hypnobirthing at all? Yeah, bridge? yeah, and that yeah. That, that, <laughs> that helped me so much. Yeah, so I think it was in that antenatal ward where I just really started to freak out. Like the, there was no break between um, the contractions, and it was just it was very full on. And it's funny because well, it's not it's funny now, <laughs> but it wasn't then. But because I was on that ward for so long. Um, I remember there was one woman across from me and she was obviously going through, uh, she was obviously having contractions well before I was and she was quite hysterical, wouldn't let anyone near her, was having a very, very hard time. And I remember just thinking, what, <laughs> what you can do? <laughs> it's going to be okay. And then literally 12 hours later, <laughs> I was that woman. And then I'd say there was the, the poor girl beside me who came in after me, was probably listening to me it's just the the cycle it's just like do you know I was the exact same I was the only person making any sort of sound on the labour ward and I thought everyone would look would was thinking I was dramatic but I wasn't I was eight centimetres dilated so it was okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so I found yeah I found that uh that prenatal ward quite um yeah tough because it was just it was so busy, very, very hard to focus and just try and stay calm and just felt a little bit uh, out of control. Eventually, when there was a, um, a room, a delivery suite free, was brought down there and I had the nicest midwife. Um, she was just, she was the dream. Um, I think, like, I was obviously with hypnobirthing and everything, was trying to go as much as possible for a natural delivery, but... With being induced, I was very open to see how I felt and I wasn't, I hadn't ruled anything out. Um, and I'd been kind of laboring for so long and I'd been there for two nights already. I was absolutely exhausted. Um, I was happy to take the epidural once I got it um, onto the delivery suite. Um, and when I got the epidural, I had the best sleep I think I've ever had. <laughs> In my entire life. Yeah, so you probably didn't get any rest at all across no, those two days. No, it was so nice. Um, and I think when I'd gone in to the delivery suite, I was only like, it was maybe about two centimetres dilated um, and was kind of told, like, you know, you'll be here for a long time, settle in. Um, but once I got there, the midwife just, it she just turned everything around. I hadn't had, I think, 
I hadn't really felt cared for until that point, you know, with, with who I was dealing with in the prenatal ward. Um, the Tell me what she did for you to make you feel that way or talk better that way. She was just she was just so gentle, so nice, so um, just wanted to do anything to make you feel comfortable and, um, yeah, just really calming, you know, um, and just will listen to what you wanted. And, um, yeah, she, she was just, she was lovely. Um, and once I got the epidural, and, and the thing, I was so afraid of getting an epidural, but when the time came, like, she was so calm about it and everything, and everything was fine. Um, so I had a great sleep. <laughs> um and I think about maybe an hour. Um, then, yeah, I think she wanted to wake me up because I think uh, the time had come and she examined me and I was gone straight to um, 10 centimetres. So it just shows you like the difference in like having that nice, calm environment where I could just chill, listen to my tracks and um, know that there was someone there if I needed them and just not be disturbed. Um, just made all the difference. Um, and it sounds like she was someone that you could call on um, yeah. without feeling like you were being yeah, dramatic. Yeah, just or really you were comfortable. She was, or... yeah. And um, then, yeah. So then it was, uh, it was time to go. And um, the epidural that I got was very, very strong. Once when they did it first, uh, I was still in a lot of pains. They topped it up quite a bit, so I was extremely numb and couldn't. Uh, couldn't move a muscle really like really really um, numb so I needed a lot of um, coaching of when to push and and uh, um, and she was very supportive and, and helping me um, but I ended up pushing for I think it was like an hour and 20 minutes like it was a long mm-hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> I gave it my all um, it was a long uh, a long time um, and I think they had said that the uh, Charlie's head was kind of coming out a bit and then going in and in and out and in and out so they needed help from um one of the doctors and I suppose my two worst fears or the things that I was really wanted to avoid was an episiotomy or tear and forceps they just terrified me um but ended up getting both and because I think how everything was handled and because of that midwife everything just that wasn't a big deal like it was um I didn't even know I remember when forceps were mentioned <laughs> I had to like really really um try and calm myself down I remember I put a face cloth over my mouth and I, over my eyes I was like Christ let's do this um, and even but by the time I even had it like had it on he was already out they were telling me to take it off because he was he was out so it really wasn't uh, what I had feared the most was actually was fine um and uh yeah like uh, yeah everything after that like he he left straight away we got skin to skin and we got lots of time kind of just um three of us in the um delivery suite and yeah it was but it, it really was the midwife there that just made all the the difference um and it's funny because I go to a gym around the corner here and I was there uh, do classes and I was there the week before last and there was a girl in the class and I was like I know her and um, turns out it is that midwife oh and, no way yeah. I get so bashful when I see midwives oh <laughs> oh my god and obviously she doesn't remember me do you know it's well, like, of course it's she like does a <laughs> <conveyor> belt. <laughs> I know don't you think that, you're, yeah. that they do yeah yeah yeah, yeah so um wow that's uh, yeah so cool. so I ended up talking to her but she actually lives around the corner and uh she was walking back home and I was I ran back from the gym because I had to get uh, Charlie out to play school. So she got to see him and everything, which is funny. That's because... amazing. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. And so tell me nice. how you felt physically then after after um, birth. I had uh, a hemorrhage as well on, on that birth. So I was pretty um I think as well because I was in there for two days beforehand. Um, so I was already wrecked by the time I'd gone. It like it actually come to the birth bit so I was just exhausted um and it was like I think the hemorrhage as well um really just completely depletes mm-hmm. you yeah. um 
But recovery-wise, um, like I had no complications or anything afterwards. Everything kind of healed, um, healed okay. Just obviously took time. Um, Did you need a transfusion found, or anything? No, no, no. Oh, it okay. wasn't. It wasn't that bad. No. Um, but yeah, it was a couple of days in hospital. Um, it, it, learning to breastfeed was a. Uh, was an experience and he was a very hungry hungry baby it was a uh, non-stop but um he still is so it makes sense um but yeah it's, it's a strange uh it was a strange couple of days because it's just it's it's so hard to process what's happened I think the first year first yeah. um it just takes a bit of an adjustment and um but and as well like Back then, this was obviously pre-COVID. Um, obviously, visit visitors were allowed to come in, so my husband was in most of the day with me, and then he'd go home for the night time. But like, I had every family member under the sun, in, um, so like, you got no rest during the day. Uh, it was like a fair belt of people coming in to see you and the baby, which you know some of it is nice. Um, but I'm so glad I didn't have that the second time around. Mm-hmm. I think that's something good that's come from um, COVID visiting restrictions um, because you just, you can't, um, you can't get it a second um, and you're not trying to rest then properly when um, when the baby is actually sleeping. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you realize, especially first time around, I don't think you realize the impact that, that has on you, people coming no. and visiting, because you're on such a high as well. Yeah, but it's even more so. And then it's the days when people, it slows down. That's, I think, when you crash. Well, it was for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You want to share it because you're so, yeah. you are on such a high. And, like, you want everyone to see your baby and you want to tell everyone. And, yeah, but it, it I think that takes it all. And you don't, obviously, the first time around, you don't know that, I think, uh, even if there wasn't COVID restrictions the second time around, I definitely would have been more kind of forceful than, no, you can't wait till I get home and I'm settled. Um, but yeah, it's hindsight. So how did breastfeeding go? Did you have support in the hospital? Um, yeah, they were quite good. Like, and he got, he had a good latch and got kind of the hang of it um, quite quickly. Um, but I found I found breastfeeding him so tough, um, and again hindsight, um, I should have got help with a lactation consultant, or um, there was just little things now that I look back on that I was doing that was like impact and supply, or um, just maybe wasn't being kind of consistent, um, and I think I breastfed him for like four months, but, but you know what? Like I I would love to have known more about combi feeding. Because I think if I had done that with him, I would have breastfed for a lot longer. Um, uh, it was very much I, all I knew was either all or nothing. All so or nothing, it was yeah. just breastfeeding or bottle feeding. And second time around, I can't be fed. And just that changed um, changed everything. I think I put so much pressure on myself as well. Do you know that I need to make this work? Have to, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of got on with it but um, it definitely took its toll like I was absolutely exhausted and um, he was just a cluster feeding I just I'm not a person to um, I don't like to sit sit still I don't like to sit down I like um, I, I'm just not good at that um, and that is obviously cluster feeding you're just stuck to the couch and that I couldn't cope with that I used to find those days really really hard um, and it meant no one could help either, mm. you know, um, uh, whereas I was so against giving a bottle of formula. I don't know why. Uh, like, I, I don't judge anyone else. I, <laughs> I don't know. And if I was giving someone else advice, I would say to give whatever, whatever the hell keeps you sane or whatever mm. works for you. It doesn't matter. Um, and I don't I don't know. Just I don't know whether it was. um I think it was just pressure from myself, wasn't from anybody else. Um, and then I was so disappointed then when it ended, because it ended, I ended it quite abruptly because I'd just come to a point where I was just absolutely mentally and physically drained from it, um, that I stopped quite quickly. Um, and I think if I'd known more about combi feeding or how to do it or, you know, to even continue a feed 
one feed a day or something like that. Mm. But I just didn't even know that that was an option or um or I didn't know I didn't even know to get a like maybe get a lactation consultant or something to to help or to advise. Um yeah, I suppose just I suppose you are a little bit clueless on your first um and it's only kind of looking back that you kind of say, well, I could have done this. But, you know, I, uh, all I can say is, like, I know I did my absolute best. And mm. that's, that's yeah, that's it. So when did you decide to add to your family? <laughs> um, or did you? No, we did. We did. But <laughs> again, it happened very quickly. <laughs> I don't think we had time to think about it. And um, I think it was like, uh, it was Chris. So it was like maybe he was about like, just over a year and um, a year and a couple of months and we kind of said oh maybe we'll start or whatever and um, yeah very very lucky again and that it was pretty immediate and so didn't really have time to <laughs> really process it um, and I kind of knew straight away uh, same as with uh, Charlie was starting to feel very very sick and that nausea and um that feeling so um yeah did a test sorry Kathleen yeah were you working from home at this stage I was working from home yeah okay. yeah yeah I was in the office every now and again but mostly from home um but uh this time around um I was very uh very sick again but this time was more it didn't go on as long but it was more intense um, like and that's that was kind of one of the things that kind of made me think that this might be more than one baby um that I just couldn't like I could be vomiting like 15 times a day or something and oh. it was just constant um and I got the medication as well caravan this time but it didn't do a thing um but it didn't go on as long um like the last time I kind of went into the second trimester this time was kind of the sick all over by the end of the first trimester so there was <laughs> I don't know which is better but yeah it was uh, yeah it ended quicker um but yeah between the sickness and then um I just started to show really really like really early and I think it was maybe like seven weeks or something I could feel things moving around in my stomach and I just said like you know it's probably the size of like size of like a chia seed or something so I don't know why I'm feeling things so I was just convinced it was um more than one I was convinced it was twins um and everyone just thought I was uh crazy but one of my friends had had twins a couple of months before um and you know my husband was like oh it's just because she had twins you think you're having twins now? Yeah, it's yeah. Be, you know <laughs> you just have it in your head so I booked a um an early scan. I think it was I don't know how early it was, maybe like nine weeks or something. However early as you can uh, you can go. And um I nearly booked it to kind of prove a point. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I'm gonna show you there is more than one in there. <laughs> and he like Googled he Googled the odds of having twins before I left. Um he couldn't come with me to the scan or anything. Um so my mom actually drove out with me. Um and yeah straight away I could see two, two sacks and two babies I was shocked but I kind of wasn't at the same time you know I had it yeah. in my head that it was two um which is so strange and I've heard of a couple of people um uh, that have said the same thing that they just knew um yeah it was bizarre and so I had to go home and tell him <laughs> He was on a work call. I was banging down the door. <laughs> Get yeah, I wouldn't be phone. able to wait. Yeah. <laughs> this is more important. <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> what did he say? Um, I don't think he believed me at first. But uh, yeah, just absolute shock. Because he, he didn't he didn't believe what I was saying up, to, up until then at all. Um, so yeah, he was in massive shock. <laughs> and how did while. you feel? Um. Like I wasn't as I was shocked, but I wasn't. Um, I kind of already had myself convinced. Like I'd already kind of prepared that this is what I was going to be told. You know, it sounds like you would have been more shocked if there was one baby. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, what she said <laughs> was when two came up on the screen, um, 
she was like, oh, there's definitely two there. But she said, can I just do a quick internal scan? I just want to make sure there's no more. And that's when I was about to pass out. I was like, I had prepared for two, but I hadn't prepared for more than two. So I don't know. I, I couldn't have. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I would have handled that now. Um, but yeah, it was a big, uh, it was, it was, and it was exciting. I think as well, because my friend had had twins, mm. could actually see someone else with twins. I didn't know anyone else that it had twins and um, so it was yeah it was new you know um but I think it was the thought of gonna have three because their due date was a week before Charlie's birthday so I was gonna have kind of three under two for for a week and then, um, so yeah it was just the thought of how, how yeah how we were gonna cope with three so small um so but being I'm kind of a I like to be organized I just kicked straight into Let's get everything sorted and yeah. um, as organized as you can be. Uh, yeah, you can. How do? What's the? You, you can only plan so much. I don't know what's coming, but yeah. So, did you have additional appointments or go into any sort of special care or anything like that? There's a like a twin clinic or a multiples clinic, and okay. so you go through there. Hold on. Um, and actually, so. I thought you'd get a lot more appointments and everything, but it was quite, it was a very low risk, like twin pregnancies was two um, separate sacs and two placentas. I don't really know the terms. I know there's, uh, I get <laughs> confused, um, but they were non-ident- non-identical basically. And uh, yeah, it was like the lowest risk um, type of twins that you could have. So it wasn't really much different than a, a single pregnancy in that sense like there was no extra kind of medical Mm, um, care other than that uh, you would um, deliver them sooner and um, yeah that was that was it really I didn't really find any any kind of difference or I'd need to finish up work much earlier Um, but that that whole pregnancy like I found that pregnancy so tough like I think that was one of the hardest things I've ever done was carry them um it was just I was huge um like towards even kind of the middle like by the summer um I just couldn't do anything um like my husband was doing so much um all I could do was literally work and then I'd just pass out I could I just couldn't do anything and it was hard because like my little boy was so young and I just felt like I was missing out on so much with him. And like by the weekend, I'd either be sick or I just couldn't get out of bed um, with the exhaustion. And so he'd like take him out the weekends and kind of do things with him. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a tough, long um, pregnancy. And I think it made it to like about 37 weeks or 38 weeks kind of around then. Um, even even now, when I look back on videos anything I've recorded at that time literally all you hear anything I'm recording you can just hear my breathing I'm breathing like, yeah <laughs> like I can't even catch a breath <laughs> it's just and it must have been so hard yeah. for someone like you um who likes oh. to keep busy and doesn't really like sitting down it's awful and even like I like to train and walk and just stay active and couldn't do anything so it was like I just felt like everything I liked was just gone um but it's yeah, tried to do as much as I could for as long as possible, but then it was just like physically, like everything, everything just hurt. Um, and like, you know, Charlie was a big enough baby. Um, like he was like nine eleven. Um, so like I'd had, you know, gone like full term with him. But this was just nothing compared to like my two of them. I think just the demand on your body is just it's yeah, it's intense. And did you have conversations with your consultant about how you planned on giving birth to the twins? Yeah, so from the um, from the get go, it was very much a, that there's no reason why this can't be a vaginal um, delivery, which I was kind of surprised about. I don't know why I had it in my head that I presumed, you know, twin births or multiple births would be section or it was different. But um, yeah, no, it was always a, a vaginal birth, and especially because I'd had a vaginal birth before. Um, so on, no reason why um, this couldn't happen. And I think it was all determined on whether twin one, um, the closest to the exit, if a twin one was uh, head down, um, then everything was 
fine um i think they kind of maybe help position twin two once they get the first baby out um if if twin two doesn't uh go head down um themselves um so yeah we've gone through all that uh, obviously i know with anything there's always a um a risk that anything can end um in a section but it was never never discussed as that was really going to be a an issue it was just a, a vaginal birth and um, so that's what i had kind of in my head and what I'd planned for um, and I'd had no like no health issues or anything during that pregnancy or um, no reason why I didn't think that could happen either do you know um, but yeah that's uh, other, other than I think they said they'd book, you, book me in for an induction I think I'd like 38 weeks um, so yeah, yeah, definitely we discussed it like uh, yeah, a lot. Um but I was booked then in for an induction for I think 38 weeks, but my waters went the day before, which I was absolutely delighted about because I found that so aw- I saw it seems something so small. I just found that so awful last time and I was so scared about getting that having that done again. Um and yeah, so they went um uh, which was Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Absolutely delighted and and was was taken in and was taken in pretty much straight away to the delivery suite, um, which was, again, not what happened last time. I was delighted. Uh, lovely new delivery suite had like birth pool and... Um, everything in it and how did you feel did you feel excited or I was nervous? yeah I was so excited I was so ready for them to come out yeah, yeah like of I just couldn't I couldn't carry that weight anymore mm-hmm. um like I I just couldn't yeah I couldn't wait to get them out I was so excited um and I was so happy as well that the things that I found hard about the last birth weren't in it like you know straight yeah. in I was in um a delivery suite everything was calm Andrew's there we'd lots of there was no nothing it all felt um really positive um at that point um and then uh so I had a midwife I went through a couple of shift changes so I think I was in that delivery suite for about 20 maybe 23 hours or something um and yeah a couple of different midwives the first midwife that I had um she wanted me to get an epidural before I was kind of feeling any pains um and get it kind of done in advance which I wasn't really um wasn't really sure about but I I felt kind of from the get-go 
that everything that they were doing wasn't in it was to benefit what's the right words it was to kind of fit in with how they wanted to do things or how what the hospital policy was Um, and there was a couple of different things that happened with her just little things with that midwife and and I just decided with myself I'm not going to let these get to me I'm just going to stay calm and I'm going to listen to my tracks and just try and um try and let these things go like just you know not being allowed to get up to go to the toilet and um just not being not not being able to move from the bed um so and this was this was the, the one of the things that I I've had a massive issue with and uh it'll make sense <laughs> later on um but they as soon as I went into that delivery suite they um put me on constant monitoring on on both babies so which is really an absolute pain because to like you know what it's like to keep one of them on and still trying to find two heartbeats and keep them on literally you cannot move a muscle um so that's why they wanted me to get that epidural uh, as soon as I went in because they they wanted to keep that monitor on basically all the time um, and there was no um there was no option like it wasn't I wasn't going to get into I I know I could ref, could have refused um to go along with that but um I don't I didn't want confrontation I didn't want to be arguing or having to fight for anything so I just kind of went um tried to stay calm and just went went along and 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 let that like it was the constant monitoring um but that went on so um they uh what's the what's the drug they give you pitocin pitocin yeah, Pitocin. Um, so was given Pitocin then to try and escalate things. Um, I, I like at this point, like I had never, I haven't, hadn't felt a contraction. There was nothing. I hadn't felt anything, um, but I had an epidural. Um, but nothing was moving. It was um, contractions were coming and going and coming and going, and there was nothing kind of consistent. Um, and this was going on then for uh, for quite a while. And then there was a midwife change. The next midwife I got was actually really, really nice. And I was so glad because the other one was quite stern and uh, just a bit old fashioned. You know, it was this is how we do things kind of a kind of a vibe. And um, so the next uh, midwife was absolutely, absolutely lovely. But um, they'd come in and, you know, kind of were obviously constantly checking with the the doctors and there started to be talk about a section probably um maybe 10 hours after I was there or less maybe um and at that point I'd kind of right I'll get myself ready this this might have to might have to happen um but from when I was told that it I was definitely going for a section um I think I was waiting probably another eight, nine hours um, for that section. Um, and that was because they, there was a lot of other more urgent. Um, so as much as this was an emergency section, it wasn't an emergency, you know, there was no, um, there was no immediate danger to me. The babies were at no risk. Um, they just said that they couldn't keep giving me any more Pitocin. Um, and that this is yeah uh, this was the only option that it, it needed to go to the section so there was a lot of like urgent cases on um, and that was why the section kept getting pushed out which that's absolutely fine um, but the big thing was that there was no risk to me or the baby um, and that was that was something that they kept um, kept saying um, I'm sorry the babies <laughs> kept saying all along um, so when I eventually went to uh, the section, um, it was quite it was quite rushed, um, very rushed, um, and I was brought down to uh, sister, um, and they started to you know check the epidural and you know make sure everything was numb, and this is where um, like. I could feel what they were doing. They were testing with ice. I could feel everything. I could move my legs. Um, I was saying I could feel things. And then uh, it felt like it was just, okay, we'll top it up. Okay, start in surgery. Um, it was so rushed. Um, and they, 
uh, started, so made obviously the incision and started. And I just like, I, I went into absolute convulsions um, because I could feel everything. Now, there was some, there was obviously some, um, because I'd have the, had the epidural, there was some numbness there, um, but it was in no way strong enough for um, a surgery. Like I have never, um, and I hope I'd never experienced pain ever like it again. Um, I was just, yeah, uh, completely just convulsing with, with the pain. Um, and at that point, like they had one baby out, um, and I like, and, and this is a this is the bit that uh, where the it was just so traumatic to wait so long, I suppose, to meet your babies that when they take them out, that you can't even look at them because I just I couldn't even I just yeah I I wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? I was uh, trying. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so they, I remember they brought the first baby over, which is Matilda, um, and they tried to get me to hold her. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even, I, like, at one point I said, can you just take her away? Like, I couldn't function. I was in so much pain. Um, and at that point, they had a, uh, the, anesthe- the anesthesiologist stayed, uh, she came in and stayed with me um, and, like, tried to calm me down and offered a, um uh what's it local not local anesthetic uh general anesthetic um but at that point like mm. it, it had already happened like they were you know um and so I, I declined I just had to I knew I just had to get through the next couple of minutes to get the next baby out and then um now she stayed with me and she talked me through everything um and you know kind of told me what they were doing so that <laughs> I was like you don't need to tell me what they're doing I know what the they're fish, doing yeah um but uh yeah it was yeah it was it was awful um and after that so babies came out and they um uh, stitched me up and everything and then I was uh, brought uh, into recovery and this is the bit that I really really like really struggle with I like I understand that things can go wrong with um anesthetic and epidurals and I know you know um you obviously you sign a waiver that you know things can happen and so on and you there's a risk there like as much as I felt everything was rushed and they knew um that I was in pain it was the next bit really that really um that I struggled with the most because uh I was in a um what's it, what do you call it a recovery room and my husband then was left with the baby so the babies weren't with me they were with him I all I knew was I was rushed my babies weren't with me and I just went into absolute panic and I just felt I couldn't trust anything that was happening around me and obviously because I just had surgery where the anesthetic wasn't um wasn't working or wasn't yeah. adequate I don't know what the word is but um I, like I couldn't I just couldn't trust anything um and I was just like kind of listening and watching what was going on around me and I just felt like I had to try be in control because I just didn't know what was going on I didn't know where the babies were I didn't know if they were okay Um, nobody ever brought them um no, they were brought in at one one time, but no one even told told my husband where I was, or he wasn't even shown to come in to check or to let me know that everything was okay or to just try and, mm-hmm. you know, recover. Um, they tried to bring the babies into breastfeed at one point, and like I, I, I like, and and this was something that I really struggled with afterwards. Words was that I just wanted so I, someone just had to take them away. I couldn't, couldn't even look because I just couldn't deal with the pain and everything that was going on. Um, and when I couldn't breastfeed them, I had expressed a lot of colostrum. So I kept telling the midwives, um, can you make sure that they're fed? There's a lot of, uh, there's colostrum in the fridge. And it's even the fact that I had to remember mm-hmm. and stay in control of that. Um, and I, I think at one point, one of the midwives, uh, there was one midwife that I was dealing with a lot in that recovery room, which um 
I think she she had come in and said, well, if you can't breastfeed, we're going to have to get some formula. I think this was, I felt like the third time I'd said, can you get the colostrum? Can somebody feed the babies? Um, I think it was about two or three hours after they were born before they were fed. Um, and they were, uh, I obviously only found this out afterwards, but my husband was left. So after they were born, um, they they weren't dressed. I think they'd put them under a warmer maybe or something when they were just when they were born. And he was then moved with them in the little, what do you call it? The little cot mm, trolley cots, things. Yeah. He was brought out into a corridor with them and he was told to do skin to skin with them and um, try and keep them warm. Um, he was left then out there with the babies undressed on his own for an hour. Um, and I was in recovery room and I heard overheard no at this point nobody had told me were the babies even okay um or where where they were um i overheard a conversation on the phone that uh the twins temperatures have dropped and they've uh they've they've t- taken a turn or something and that way they needed a NICU doctor down to um, to see them immediately and i then was obviously again i was still hyster- absolutely hysterical after the surgery like i can't even i don't even know how to describe it you know it was just um i was hysterical and then i heard that and i like i just i i didn't know if they were yeah I, and i i couldn't believe this was happening because like they were they were 7 pounds over 7 pounds each they were two healthy babies there wasn't an absolute bother on them um through labor, through anything. Um, and the only reason that anything was gone wrong was because they were literally just left. And he he couldn't even go find someone to help him because he couldn't leave the babies and he was trying yeah. to keep them warm. He didn't know, you know, what to do. Um, so I felt that they were, uh, they didn't get uh, adequate care. Um, and yeah, a couple of other stuff in that recovery room were just um, was nobody was nobody in control. Um, I was just listening to agency staff after agency staff, you know, coming in and and getting an update and um, just cha- the only word the only way I could describe it was absolute chaos. Like there was no sense of anyone was in charge or. I, I couldn't trust anything that was happening there. Um, but after a couple of hours, then um, I got to go back to the ward and um, was re- reunited with uh, Andrew, my husband and the babies. And um, I just like I'm with the two of us just were looking at each other and we just said like this, like that everything that has gone on there has is so wrong i was just i was just disgusted at every like how everything was um handled and um and i obviously at that point didn't even know what had happened with them um and yeah uh then i tried to then put everything behind me because yeah, i knew that's going to be my um, next question yeah because i knew like as much as andrew was allowed in uh, restrictions have been lifted, which I am so grateful for. I, I honestly don't know how um, how people did it um, in in full lockdowns, or I really I really don't know. Because um, he was there, I think eight to eight, and that had just changed. I think the week before they were born, um, he then was obviously gone all night, and obviously I was on my own, so I knew I knew I just needed to write like deal with this later. You just need to care for these babies and and kind of get on with it for now um which which i did but uh it was yeah it's hard very hard and how did you get through those nights and how long was your stay um i think i was in for three nights and i think they wanted to keep me a fourth night <laughs> i just bawled crying when they said that because um one of the babies was jaundice and she's you know you have to feed her more and i was like well keeping me here isn't the solution then because I can't physically feed them more because they they weren't latching because I didn't get to do skin to skin with them I didn't get to um breastfeed them straight away so and they were um they were quite uh weak when they were born well when they came back to me um so I was trying to breastfeed I was giving them formula I was expressing colostrum and then I was pumping um so it was literally like I didn't have um 
and then obviously changing nappies. <laughs> so it was like there was no there was no minute to feed any more than I was. Um, so uh, I just yeah convinced them that look they need to be fed more, but I I need help. Like I can't do it on my own. And the the staff on that ward were excellent. Like I have to say, the midwives were really really helpful with. And trying to get the girls to breastfeed and helping me with different pieces and they had a lactation consultant to come around and she was excellent. Um, How did you feel physically? I know you had to bank a lot of stuff in order to go into basically survival mode um, but how did you feel physically? What was your yeah. pain like? How was that being managed? How physically, did you feel? Like, I, it, was, it was so weird. It was such a strange one because I'd nearly like afterwards um they'd kind of say like was your pain under control or whatever like, yeah, yeah 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 everything's fine and like I think that was just my, my way of dealing with things but it was I just I'd never experienced pain like it that it was like a, a I don't know like a sting but it was just a, a strange sensation um but once I got up and moving um yeah it just took it took it took a while and I had a hemorrhage with them as well um, and then another one when I'd gone back to the ward. Now, I didn't need a transfusion, but um, I think just, yeah, like a, I don't know, like I was hit by a bus. Um, it's the only way you can describe it. But I, once they did get on top of the pain medication, um, like that, that, it was, it was, it was uh, as good as it can be. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously it stayed topped up when I got home and, um, and the scar and everything did, uh, sorry, did heal okay, and I had no like complications from from that. Um, but yeah, it just it just took took a while. Like it took a long time. Like I physically feel like only now, kind of a year <laughs> later, that I'm um, getting back to yeah, any kind of like physically any kind of uh, normality. It just takes a long, long time. And what was it like when you brought the girls home to see? to meet their brother Charlie and you knew you could be in your own bed and you were at home with your family oh I couldn't wait to get home I couldn't wait and um, and like my husband's great like he's very um he he would do anything to try and help and um like for me to be able to recover properly you know and he he had booked a, a long time off work and um yeah so we got home and it was funny because we had been preparing Charlie for the girls coming and they had brought uh i was telling them all along that the girls would bring it it's like he was obsessed with peppa pig there's this like peppa doll house and all you would hear is <laughs> him telling everyone that the girls are going to bring this peppa doll house uh. so <laughs> he came home peppa doll house was there <laughs> barely even saw the babies and um, but it was funny because he just ex- literally just accepted them straight away he didn't um he saw them and he pointed and he was like, that one's Peggy, that one's Matilda. Oh, they're amazing, um, aren't they? That was it. <laughs> yeah, the way they just adjust. And it, was it was so just, cool. Yeah. Um, and then I gave them soothers or whatever and just kind of then never questioned why they were there or like, were they going home? Just kind of accepted that they're here now. So, uh, which I didn't expect. But uh, yeah, it was so sweet. Um, and he's mad about them now. They get on great. Like, it's, yeah, so cute. Do you want to talk about what you have done to help your recovery um, in terms of the birth trauma that you suffered? Yeah, so it was only like when I when I got home from hospital, I was going through, I was so angry. Like I was, <clears throat> and I think the big thing that really got me was that I'd found out afterwards that it's for multiple births, it's hospital policy that you're... Um, you have to stay in one position and you're monitored with the fetal monitors. So that means you can't move, you know, and you're in the one position. Um, if that's hospital policy, like, why don't you tell people of that in advance? Yeah. Um, and to me, that was one of the big things of why I didn't um, progress. I was just really angry about how I felt a lot of the stuff that happened to me and the girls was completely preventable. And um, that um you know obviously at any point if there was a risk to the girls if there was a risk to me I would go through it again and to get them here safely um so I was really struggling with that afterwards like just being really angry I couldn't like all I could think about was that was was that day like I was um it was maybe even 
like four months after they were born still like anyone who would listen to me I'd talk to them about it and I would either cry or I'd have a rant or um my poor husband was just you know I was couldn't couldn't get it out of my head like I was waking up at night um having nightmares about it um it was it was always there and it was coming kind of like maybe three months or so or maybe even before um and I, I knew like one of, one of my other friends was going through like postpartum depression and I knew it wasn't that I didn't feel um I didn't feel down it wasn't that that wasn't how like you know I felt I was kind of coping very well with the actual care of the twins and myself and but I just knew something wasn't wasn't right and I just this was like all I could think of um so I got I did get in touch and um they referred me on they have a, a trauma team there and um started uh, doing some sessions with uh, the lady there and she was excellent like she was really really good um what was the name of it um it was like emdr therapy um, and i think i did like four sessions with her um and i just found that excellent um it just completely changed from something that like even to be able to talk to you about it and not you know <laughs> scream cry or whatever or have that completely um occupy my mind for the whole evening and relive the events that happened Um, I can talk about it and it's I move on Um, it just changed I was able to process it and you know figure out what go through what happened and that I couldn't have done anything to stop that and Mm -hmm. um all of that so yeah it was only four sessions with her and um I felt so much better and uh, I just felt I was able to move on from what happened um, because I think a lot of like that robbed kind of the first while with the girls because I just wasn't really um, present like I was just this was always there of what happened and and I felt really guilty as well about um, not getting kind of that like um, you know the first kind of skin to skin or uh, being able to feed them and like I, I I didn't want to remember their birth I didn't want to like uh, yeah I, I just had a lot of guilt as well um, and it was it was hard to process it all and I think that that service just really really um, helped but I did as well go through a full complaint process mm-hmm. and follow the through um, because I just felt what happened wasn't right and um, I think you know there's some people who can't speak up and maybe don't know they um maybe don't know they can or um and I yeah I like I work in kind of a healthcare setting um anyway I deal with a lot of complaints and so it was funny to be on the other end um this time but yeah followed it through and had a meeting um with the uh, clinical director and the the whole team and uh I think that helped as well just to kind of close it off yeah um because when I initially put in a complaint they'd sent a letter back to me and that um that uh insult uh, escalated things <laughs> at that level and so yeah I I'm glad I followed it through whether you know there'll be actual change in place I don't know but um I felt it helped me close it off and um, for me anyway so yeah Okay, I think a really important part of your story is that you did actually avail of the services within the hospital and you got what you needed from them there um, yeah. and it helped kind of bring you to a point where you could have this conversation and it might encourage other people to go ahead and see if yeah. those if their hospital their yeah. hospital has those services yeah, available yeah, yeah and I had looked elsewhere but the, uh, yeah this was offered but I think you have to be like under six months or something okay postpartum I think that's for all kind of um kind of mental health services okay. which is important I'd only known that because my friend had, was looking for help when she was past six right. months so yeah it's okay yeah that's really important to note actually um yeah so thank you Kathleen so much for sharing your story and I'm so glad that you're at a, at a good place that you could um because it'll be really beneficial to a lot of people thank you thanks, thanks a million <laughs> bye bye, 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 bye. bye. talk to you soon bye as always if you would like to share your story you're more than welcome to I know I have lots of people to go back to and I will um as soon as I can if you want to share your story, just get in touch over on the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie. Click on the Share Your Stories tab, fill out a few details, and I will get back with a recording date as soon as I can. Enjoy your week, and I will chat to you next Monday with another new episode.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 